0: Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we catch you up on some of the latest news and going-ons in Disney World and beyond. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we really appreciate positive reviews. You can connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where supporters get bonus content. And if you're looking to plan a Disney vacation in 2020 or 2021, feel free to reach out to Joe, Joseph Chung, at TravelMation.net. I'm happy to be your travel agent at no cost to you. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies.
1: And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
0: And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we are going to take a little break from our Disney Reopening Essentials series, and we're just going to catch up on the news because there's uh, been quite a bit going on. We may be closer to Disneyland reopening, but uh, we will get to that later in the episode. But first of all, Leslie, uh, summer's almost over. How are you doing?
1: We're hanging in. We started school this past week, so we've have had a couple days under our belt here with the kids of virtual learning, and uh, we're surviving so far. I'm not sure how it's going to be a month or two from now, but I know you still have a little bit of time left before you d- you dive into that, right?
0: Yeah, work is starting for us as uh, teachers. My wife and I are both teachers. But the school has been delayed by a couple weeks for all of our kids. So uh, we'll see how that goes in uh, mid to late September. All right, so uh, let's get to the first piece of news, which is uh, some sad news. Leslie, uh, what, what do we got going on?
1: Yeah, really sad news in the greater Disney community this week. The death of Chadwick Boseman, the star of Black Panther, really kind of has shaken everybody. I mean, just an iconic role, and nobody knew he was ill. And so, you know, our thoughts go out to anybody in his family, of course, and just all his fans. Fans are sad for the loss that is that human being and that great actor and and what he meant in their lives.
0: Yeah, I... I just cannot imagine uh, for the last four years, you know, if you don't know, obviously Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther, but not only is he Black Panther, but he's been filming all these films, uh, not only the Marvel films, but multiple films ever since he got his colon cancer diagnosis four years ago. And for him to fight through that so bravely and for no one to know, I mean, I found out today that even Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, did not know. Um, It's just a testament to how dedicated he was to his craft, and he inspired so many people. Uh, Just a tragic story. I'm honestly, you know, recording a couple days after we found out. I'm still not over the news, which is crazy since, you know, obviously I don't know him personally.
1: Yeah, that's right. It just seems like, you know, there's so many tragedies going on in the world, and this was an extra one on the the scales of, you know, what everybody is dealing with. And, and peop- he, people really did seem to identify with what he did. I mean, not, yeah, like you said, not only with Black Panther, but he played Jackie Robinson. Just so much great work that he left behind. So I guess we're lucky to have his legacy.
0: Indeed. And, you know, part of that legacy is, like I said, I'm a teacher, and, you know, I remember how my students were so inspired um, seeing someone that looks like them being a superhero on the screen. And you probably do not listen to this podcast for Marvel news, but Marvel will be having its first Asian superhero uh, on the screen in a couple of years. And that would be Shang-Chi, played by Simu Lu, who's from uh, Kim's Convenience. And of course, that means a lot to me personally. And so, you know, we'll end this segment with uh, something that Simu tweeted. Without Chadwick and what he gave to his character, there's no Shang-Chi Period. My career rides on the coattails of a great man. I wish I could have had the opportunity to tell him in person, but I'll fight for him always, my eternal king. So rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, and uh, you know, just a great loss for the Disney community, but just really the community at large.
1: Indeed. Well, on to happier or stranger news I guess on to all the changes that have been happening in the parks and with Disney destinations generally so why don't you just give us a a brief update of of what's been happening this past you know month six weeks since Disney World has reopened
0: yes yeah, so disney's crowds have been lower than expected except for weekends is kind of like a notable exception but for the most part crowds have been very low and because of that uh, or we assume it's because of that. Disney has reduced their hours for the park. So they shaved at least an hour and in Animals Kingdom, two hours off of the park hour. So Animal Kingdom is now nine to five, uh, Magic Kingdom is nine to six, Hollywood Studios is 10 to seven, and Epcot is uh, 11 to seven. You know, they just shaved a bunch of hours off of the Disney parks. And I think this is because they just don't have as much demand as they thought that they might what do you think leslie
1: yeah i think that's right are you surprised by that joe
0: i am not surprised that they have lower demand than expected you know we discussed i can't remember if it was on the regular episode or in a disney deciphered unfiltered for our patrons but we had discussed that it seemed like disney did not want that many people to come what i'm not sure about and i'm not sure we'll ever know until they write books about this I think their attendance has come even lower than the expectations, granted that they were trying to scare off attendance. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's kind of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening at Disneyland effect. Like they thought demand was going to be higher, so they pulled on the lever to suppress demand and maybe suppressed it too much. But again, I don't know if it was Disney suppressing it entirely, I mean, it may just be a function of at the very moment that Disney World reopened was when Florida was spiking as bad as it ever had, and that scared a lot of people off. I mean, I think if uh, Disney World had reopened even a couple of weeks earlier, or even right now where things are kind of getting more under control in Florida, then that might have affected the out-of-towners differently. They might not have canceled vacations. They might have you know, plowed ahead because things look good, but it, it, it really seems like Disney World opened at exactly the wrong moment to scare off people who would be coming in for a vacation, you know, who would be planning, say, one or two or three or four months in advance, for example. Because the local demand is definitely still there. I mean, that is who Walt Disney World is now kind of relying upon is the locals. Because, and that's why it's so busy on weekends, is the locals are coming, you know, around their jobs and schools and things like that. But yeah, I think it may have just been this weird alignment of what happened at the very moment of reopening because it didn't happen as much to Universal and Mm -hmm. granted they're doing it differently right they but they reopened what about three weeks before Walt Disney World did so who knows I'm speculating now wildly wildly
0: yes actually like five or six weeks before I'm still not convinced Disney is I'm sure they're not happy with attendance but I'm still not convinced that they are so unhappy that it's like really worrying them you know I do think that they went into this Knowing that they'd be taking a loss, although I think Chapex said that they were turning like a small profit, which actually surprised me. But you know, I think if Disney was really worried about the attendance numbers right now, that we would see like we have not seen fall discounts besides AP holders and Florida residents, and that's only for September. Of course, as I say this, maybe the day we release this, the fall discounts will come out. But right now, October, November, December, there are no discounts available. So I feel like if Disney really want to up their attendance, they would have discounted some of their hotel rooms like they normally do. But since we're not seeing that, I would say that, you know, maybe Disney's not happy, but I think they're just content with the way things are. Or maybe they just don't want to rock the boat too much.
1: Walt Disney World is kind of being the guinea pig here, opening in a community that had widespread positive cases. I mean, this isn't what happened at other Disney parks around the world. So I can imagine them wanting to proceed cautiously and see how it plays out. And I mean, thus far, it's played out pretty, pretty well. I mean, I imagine we don't necessarily have all of the details in the weeds about, you know, whether or not there have been smaller cast member outbreaks or guest outbreaks or things like that. But I have to think if it was a huge cause of outbreaks, that would have leaked and we would have heard about it.
0: Yeah. And a couple of adjacent news stories to what we're talking about. The first I'll go over really quickly. You know, we had talked about how The Actors Union, the one that uh, represents the actors who are in all of the stage shows like Festival of the Lion King, the Beauty and the Beast stage show, all of those, they have come to agreement with Disney. So, you know, those shows are going to open back up. And part of that is that Disney opened up a COVID testing facility on campus that is going to be available to everyone uh, and free for everyone, I think. So I also think that Disney maybe did not want to like open up capacity until they knew they like had testing capacity um, for people who need it. And most importantly, obviously, for their cast members, since those are the ones who are, you know, staying in Florida,
1: yeah, that's right. So again, we're we're kind of proceeding on not full full data or full full news, but it sure seems like things are, progressing better than a lot of people feared with the theme parks reopening. And maybe they just want to proceed cautiously and see how demand is affected. I'm really curious to see how Labor Day weekend is going to happen as it comes up, whether there's going to be more out of towners, whether the locals are going to fill up the parks. Because lately, really what the situation has been is that Hollywood Studios is, is full because its capacity is, is much smaller than the other parks. But the other three parks have not been reaching capacity. Is that right?
0: That's right. And You know, this leads to the other adjacent story to what's been going on. If you read Disney blogs or Disney Facebook groups, annual pass holders have been super frustrated because the annual pass holder availability has been super low. Like you said, Leslie, Hollywood Studios has been the only park selling out overall. But for a lot of annual pass holders, they haven't been able to book anything besides Epcot, anything past one or two weeks in advance. And obviously it's rolling and the availability was changing, but annual pass holders in general were frustrated with their park pass reservation availability but disney keeps kind of reallocating and opening up uh, annual pass holder slots and so as of right now as we record annual pass holder are happy again because they can book most of the parks they want but you know it's been a real song and dance and people have been mad because i think bob chapek again said something to the effect of annual pass holders don't spend as much on merchandise i'm paraphrasing but uh you know so annual pass holders have been mad that they feel like they've been i guess boxed out from the park pass reservation system but it does seem like disney is reallocating and wanting more people to be there now
1: yeah, that's right. So for those of you who are APs who've been shut out, now is probably the time to snag your reservations if you're looking at going in September, October, November, and beyond, um, because I don't know if availability is going to get any better, especially if demand from out-of-towners starts increasing. And I do think it, it's going to. I mean, at least in as the fall goes on, I think there could be some increased demand if numbers don't spike, if the trends continue the way they are. COVID the last couple of weeks in America more generally, then it could be that demand does start to harden up a little bit. We'll see.
0: Yeah, and then about the demand, Florida's governor had a press conference and said basically he was ready for the theme parks in Florida to start increasing capacity. But I don't know if I'm envisioning Disney increasing capacity yet. I think they still want to just fill the capacity that they have right now. Uh, Hollywood Studios accepted, of course. You know, What do you think? Do you think Disney would try to open up capacity? Because I do feel like they are really trying to like ride this nice edge because they know that one bad coronavirus situation in their parks and they're kind of sunk for a long time
1: yeah i mean i do expect florida's governor to be pushing it and i would expect that disney's not taking their cues from that necessarily and like you said they're not filling up their capacity at the moment so i don't really foresee a need for them to expand capacity except for very cautiously and very slowly and you know, everybody still has that big question mark, what's gonna happen when flu season hits us? And that's only a matter of being what, eight, ten weeks away where some of that can really start hitting in bigger numbers. So I think Disney's gonna be conservative here.
0: <laughs> I agree. And again, like I said, if they really want to increase capacity, like they would be introducing those fall discounts and we just still have not seen them yet so i think if they really want to start driving numbers like convincing people to travel like because we haven't even seen discounts for drive markets right like let's say they want to increase capacity but not like for everyone in the country they could just be like hey if you're in alabama george these close drive markets we will extend discounts to residents of those states but they haven't even done that so i i think disney is just writing whatever they got right now, and they'll just leave it as it is.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. All right, well, enough about demand. Let's talk about some of the more specific things that have been changing. Uh, Other news items have been coming out. One thing I was really excited to see was that Halloween is going to be making a showing this year. Of course, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is canceled, but Disney is kind of throwing everyone a little bit of a consolation prize. So what's that, Joe?
0: what it means is leslie you can dust off your ray costume and starting september 15th running through halloween go crazy in the parks you know come and dress as ray normally adults aren't allowed to wear costumes i think the cutoff age is 14 but they are relaxing that requirement you can wear costumes in the park after september 15th when they start their halloween celebrations. still no masks uh Costume masks, that is. Of course, you still have to wear your COVID masks, but still no masks, but costumes are available. So you go as Ray. I'll go as, I don't know, Poe Dameron. Why don't we go with that?
1: (laughs) And we should clarify that costumes are limited to Magic Kingdom only, although there are going to be different Halloween celebrations and decorations and most importantly, food happening in all four parks.
0: Yes. So we will bring Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to the Magic Kingdom together
1: sounds good uh i'm not going joe but maybe you will
0: (laughs) uh i will bring my hologram of you and i'll just carry it around like you know anyway the other piece of news that we missed of course came out the week that we did our disney reopening essentials dining episode is that now in the parks they are doing this uh i don't even i'm just gonna explain it because i don't know what to call it but Basically, when you're in the parks, if you look at my Disney experience, and you have to be in the parks to do this, then any table service restaurant that is open for walk-in seating will show you the wait time for how long you'd have to wait for walk-in seating, and you can actually get into a virtual queue via the my disney experience app which i think is pretty great that you can see the wait times i definitely hope this sticks around even if the virtual queue part doesn't stick around because it would just be great to see that like say brown derby has a 20 minute wait you know hop into that virtual queue and then show up five minutes before it's time to eat
1: yeah this is great this is just another way that disney is expanding the technological reach of you know what the app can do and you know i remember many a time in my life at least at disneyland where i've like had to make the trek over to Blue Bayou (laughs) to try to figure out if there's walk-up availability. So, you know, any the more that we can do on the app uh, at any Disney park is is welcome to me.
0: Definitely. All right. So in quick summary, uh, the park hours are changing. You have this dining walk-up virtual availability. You can wear costumes at the Magic Kingdom and also... Annual pass holders are getting more park pass availability. So that covers a lot of stuff that's going on in Disney World. For the last few minutes, Leslie, why don't you tell me what are what is your crystal ball saying about what's happening with Disneyland right now? And I know we don't know anything for sure, but I know California just made some announcements about how they're kind of like rethinking dealing with, I guess, the categorization of coronavirus cases and stuff like that. So, you know, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, it's a complete roller coaster over here in California, as we sort of hope and wish and wait for signs of Disneyland reopening. So at the very end of this past week, Governor Newsom had a big press conference where he chucked the entire system that we've all been operating under for most of the summer, the watch list, and has now reinstituted this color-coded tiers for each county in California to determine what businesses can reopen and at what capacity and those kind of things. And so Orange County, where uh, Disneyland is located, had just been removed from the watch list just a few days prior to this news conference. And now under the current system, it has been classified as purple, which is the highest level of restriction in California. And in fact, I think something like 90% of the population of California is under purple right now. So like all of the population centers.
0: Why is it purple? I just I just don't understand. (laughs) I don't know. Why isn't it red? Shouldn't it be red? The worst?
1: Yeah, I mean I guess it's darker red makes it purple. I mean it's the same color coding system. It's really funny that we use for wildfires because when we use for like the air quality, you know, it's like yellow and then it's orange and then it's red and then it gets dark red, and then it gets purple. So I don't know, maybe we're familiar with that from wildfires here in California.
0: He's definitely not operating off of Roy G. Biv, uh, visible light scale there. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Apparently sorry. not. <laughs> anyway, so everybody's purple, including Orange County, but they are going to get this sort of waiver where they're they're going to move to red if the numbers stay the course over the next... Week or so, they kind of are grandfathered in. So we're just kind of waiting and seeing what happens, whether Orange County stays the course. And then what that means if they get to red is they are allowed to open some indoor businesses at 25% capacity. Purple is everything has to be outdoors. So that obviously for Disneyland is. Important because there are things that are indoors, like dining and some of the shops and some of the queues. So people are really speculating what does this mean for Disneyland because some of the things are kind of in the red tier. Some of the things might be more in the next tier down, which is orange, which is going to be really hard for any population center, I think, to hit um, in any sort of short period of time. So we're just kind of watching and waiting, and we know that Governor Newsom had a conference specifically with theme park leaders this past week as well so it may be that they're kind of working out some side deal because theme parks really are hard to classify because the businesses kind of run the gamut so everybody's talking everybody's waiting and watching and you know there's these moments of hope and then these moments of hope being dashed Some of the theme parks we should mention are open in a way right now in California. SeaWorld just reopened its animal shows and its touch pools because that technically qualifies as an aquarium or a zoo. And Knott's Berry Farm also has a food festival going on. I mean, no rides are running, but people can come in and have food. So some of the theme parks are getting creative. And it's been curious to me to watch and wonder why Disneyland hasn't thought of doing the same, because, you know, of course, when Disneyland closed, the food and wine festival is going on. So you would think that maybe that could be something that's open, but Disney doesn't seem to be interested in that. So go figure. I don't know. Do you take any good signs, bad signs from any of this, Joe?
0: I think the purple is the negative news, but the fact that Newsom is meeting with the theme park people separately, you know, I think that is positive news if you want to see Disneyland reopened again before the end of the year. So... You know, I would not be surprised either way right now. I do think the same kind of logic applies like we were talking about with Disney World. Like I do think Disney is wanting to play things safe, really worried about their PR right now. So they will only open if they think they're not going to have to close again, which I think would mean that – they're going to have to get pretty strong assurances from the governor that unless there's some kind of disaster, like if they reopen, they're not going to be forced by the governor to close again.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And I should also add that Legoland is in San Diego County, of course, which is already red. That's one of the other major counties that has lower numbers and has already red moved is good. into the red tier.
0: Makes no sense.
1: <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, red is good. But Legoland did make a big push and – along with, I think, one of the San Diego Tourism Bureaus to say, you know, we're ready to open. They did a big news release and a big PR push. So the theme parks are kind of banding together, being like, hey, we're ready. We can do this safely. And I think we've proven we can do this safely in a lot of other theme parks around the world. So it's it could get adversarial pretty soon if something doesn't give, I think.
0: Yeah, I uh, guess we'll see. So, yeah, that is all the news that is fit to print this week. Quick update. This is Joe after recording. Turns out that was not all the news fit to print. I just wanted to add that... The day after we recorded, Disney announced that they will be delaying the Polynesian Resort's reopening till summer 2021. It sounds like they're going to do a bunch of refurbishments to the Grand Ceremonial Room. They might be doing Moana-inspired rooms. I'm not completely sure about that yet. Although the DVC rooms that uh, have been on sale on the website and also through DVC, uh, should still be open. So, yep, that's the news. Just wanted to make sure that that got in there on this news episode.
1: So, Joe, before we close it out, you have a Disney do or don't for us?
0: Yeah, a quick Disney do. If you are considering flying to the parks, which is something people are starting to feel more comfortable doing, a quick Disney do is a reminder that, A, JetBlue Delta and Alaska and Southwest are all forcing that middle seats be open. So, you know, by nature, that keeps their planes at about 60, 70 percent capacity, even if they're quote unquote full. But the other thing to know is that remember that you can check what seats are available or taken before you Book a flight. So, especially if you're flying last minute, which I think a lot of people are doing right now, you can always check a flight to see uh, how crowded it is. So, just kind of a reminder that if you are going to fly either to a theme park or just because you need to fly, go ahead and check that out uh, in case that uh, makes you feel more comfortable and helps you to choose uh, which airline you're going to fly with.
1: For sure. And do check the dates on those policies about middle seats being kept open because they have different end dates. I think Delta is committed to the end of the year, but some of the other airlines maybe only to mid or late October so far.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, make sure you check those policies. But yeah, I, I think that's the only way I would feel comfortable flying right now if I were to do that. Alright, uh, thanks so much for listening If there's any important news that you think we missed Please let us know, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com At www.deciphered on Twitter Or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks so much for listening And uh, hope everyone is having a good Back to school season Other than that, Leslie, thanks for taking the time to talk to me And I will see you outside of Governor Newsom's mansion Asking him, what's the deal with Disneyland?
1: Thanks, Jeff